0: Zanzi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Okay, apologies for how that interview with Velil Lemnyandu ended, but uh, can I can assure you that's the last thing uh, that he said there. So uh, lots to look forward to on SABC Sport this weekend. There's Boxing Tonight, there's Football Tomorrow, and on Sunday, Telkom Knockout. And there's also that new program uh, called... Um, playing for the coach and Pizzo Musumana will be the featured coach uh, tomorrow uh, well on Sunday rather so looking forward to uh, all, to all of that on SABC Sport but as promised now uh, let's catch up then with our legend uh, Irene Van Dijk uh, you might remember her if you've been following your netball back in the days back in the late probably late 90s and early 2000s where she was the pro netball netballer captain and um, she then later on moved to New Zealand where incredibly she went on to become the most kept New Zealand netball player of all time. As I said earlier on, she is arguably one of the best shooters that the game has ever produced. Irene van Dijk, and she's based in New Zealand now with a family. She was born here in Faryeneheng. She's very tall, if you remember her, very, very tall. She stands out on the court. And she, I think when she retired, she actually had a 90% or 91% shooting record. And in most games, she had a 100% shooting record. And uh, we thought we should catch up with her on Flashback Friday to find out what is she up to what uh, how did she end up in New Zealand how does she look back at a career how is it to represent two uh, national teams and how did the move even happen how did she represent New Zealand after representing the Proteas because it happened so quickly and, uh, and and at that time there was a lot of controversy so because of the time difference obviously uh, we had to speak to Irene I pre-record our interview with Irene van Dijk and i began by asking her what is she up to because i had a I read recently that she was actually in um, Jamaica and she was doing some netball clinics there and I wanted to find out if that's what her life is about now after she retired from playing netball.
1: I work for Netball Central Zone which is in Wellington and I um, I do the coach development stuff for junior coaches so I coach coaches and then I give them resources and we give them balls and bips and everything they need and we give them a 10-week program and that is it. So what I've done in Jamaica and what we are doing in the Pacific Islands is I go under Nepal New Zealand's umbrella and we um, we had to get permission from the Ministry of Education to deliver it to the teachers in these schools, and then they use it as the part of the P curriculum. They use the needball drills and skills um, to incorporate that into the curriculum.
0: Oh, sounds great! Are they specific netball clinics, or is it more life skills also?
1: No, it is specific netball clinics, and it is for the teachers, so they 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 don't, you know, they don't have to go and think about what they're going to do for PE today. They've got every session, so there's ten sessions in the booklet, and um, everything is worked out for them. What they what they what the skill is that they're going to work on, what the errors could be that the kids are going to to make and then um, make sure that you teach them the right way.
0: Okay, and so this is part of your work as the development officer for New Zealand Netball? Yes, yes. I understand you also double up as some physio for a certain cricket team, coached by your husband? (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, I am the manager of the women's cricket team in Wellington. So um, cricket season is just about to kick off, so it is quite exciting. We've got our first pre-season game on Monday, which is a public holiday here in New Zealand.
0: Ah, that sounds great, Irene. It seems like New Zealand has been very good to you. You are one of their greatest sportswomen ever. Is it something that you've now embraced considering where you come from?
1: Oh, Absolutely. You know... Um, Growing up in South Africa, I played cricket when I was at school. I was happy enough or lucky enough to be incorporated in the cricket team. And I obviously played netball and did athletics. And, you know, when when those kind of sports, it's in your blood. And um, when you get the opportunity to give back in any shape, way or form, then... Um, and you're willing to do it, then, it, you know, it sets yourself up for life. And I think being part of a, of a team sport, it makes you um, belong. It makes you part of something bigger than yourself. So, um, yes, I've been very, very lucky to be still involved in netball
0: and cricket. And being a sporting legend in New Zealand, is it something that you could have, you could have imagined when you were growing up? No, not at
1: all. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I didn't even think, oh, I would be, um, you know, a professional netball player. Like when we grew up, netball, mind you, all sports in South Africa was quite toned down because we weren't allowed to play international sports. But, you know, even growing up in South Africa, I never knew that or I never thought that I would become a professional netball player. So it is crazy how your life just pans out and it takes you on this journey and you end up being belief beyond belief.
0: You played 72 matches Irene for the Proteas. What kind of memories do you have playing for for the South African national team?
1: Oh, I had incredible memories. Um the first one that springs to mind is in 1994 when South Africa was allowed to play international netball, and our first trip was to England and we had to play eight five against england and then we played northern ireland wales and scotland and um we won all eight our um international games and then the next year preparing for world champs um Mm. which was in birmingham you know we came away with a with a with a silver medal which was just incredible and then after that we had the opportunity to meet Madiba in person and that was obviously another highlight of my life.
0: And talking about those world champs in in Birmingham, um, you beat New Zealand in the first round. How big an achievement was that and what made that team so special back in
1: '95? Oh, I tell you what. I think think because we were new to the scene and um, no one actually has done any um, analysis on us, because we were so new to the international arena, and um, we looked up to the Silver Ferns, the New Zealand meatball team, because they—it was between them and Australia—and I, I truly believe that they were better than Australia in 1995. So after the South Afri- our South African team beat the Silver Ferns, it was like we've just beat the world champs because in our eyes, they. They were quite a formidable team, and it was just incredible. I think the celebrations just carried on, and it literally put Nepal, South Africa, on the map. And it, um, you know, looking now at the South African Nepal team, they are heading in the same direction. They are doing so well. So, um, yeah, it was just it was fantastic. And I think the the good thing too was the, the group that was and that w- were playing in 1995. We still are in contact probably once or twice oh. um, weekly because we have a WhatsApp group that we've created and all of us are on there and so the, the the relationships are still going really, really strong.
0: That's great to hear. And at that time you were playing here in South Africa, how was the game run? Because we know that there are few challenges that the sport still faces up until this day or has it always been the same challenges?
1: Oh, it's always been the same challenges. You know, like the male sports dominate yeah. the um, TV coverage. And um, thankfully for radio and newspapers, who actually take um, women's sports to the next level, because I personally believe that, um, you know, radio and newspapers and the written um, media takes me to the next level, whereas um, it's, it's obviously still with with. Um, male-dominated sports. It is still the TV coverage that that gets the the biggest thing, and it's it's all over the world. I think it's all over the world. It's the same battles that um, female sports are facing.
0: Now, after seventy-two caps for uh, the Proteas team, you decided to go over to New Zealand. How did that move come about then? Um,
1: I was. After the 1999 World Champs here in Christchurch, I was asked to come for six months and play um, in the in the New Zealand domestic Coca-Cola Cup, and um, I agreed to it, and my mum came with me, and just before we were supposed to head back to South Africa, mum said to me that, you know, if you look at Bianca was only um, a few months old, like eight months or something like that, and she said to me, you know, for your future, where, where do you think your future lies? And it was just opportunities and that that opened up here in New Zealand and um, job opportunities because I didn't have a permanent job in South Africa because I, I am a, a full-time, I was a teacher, but yes. in South Africa you only had three-month jobs and my husband only had three-month jobs, so... Um, we didn't have that work security, whereas here in New Zealand we had work security, I could play me for, you know, it's, everything just fell into place and when your mother tells you that something is right, you know, it, it is right. Is. And when mum when said to me, um, you know, this is where the opportunities are, I, I pretty much rang my husband and said to him to come over for a holiday.
0: So it was then a bit of both career move and a family move.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yes, without a doubt. Yes, yes. It, it was that certainty of having a job, you know, and you don't have to worry every three months: am I going to get renewed? You know, are things going to change? How is it going to change? So it was, it was knowing that that you have a
0: job. And then, did you realize that you could, um, in, nos, in 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 no time, represent New Zealand? Were you aware of what the rules were saying at the time? No,
1: I had no idea. So it was because of me that the rules at the International Netball Federation has changed. Yes. Because no one, before, before I made the move, no one else has made the move. So all of a sudden they realised, well, we don't have a rule in place for if people want to move to another country that, you know, they need to stand down or anything. So because there was no rules, I could start to play for the straight away. Yeah. And... um after I I made the move, that's when they brought in the rules that you have to, if you play the world champs, that you have to stand down for a four-year period before you can represent another
0: country. Because I think at the time, they said you just can't play for two countries in the same year, was yes, that the rule? in
1: the same calendar year, yeah. In the
0: same calendar year. And there was a bit of yes. controversy, how did you take that, that controversy? Was it directed at you or was it directed at, at the rulemakers?
1: Oh no, it was directed at me. <laughs> yes, there was a bit of controversy. Um because you know, in, in New Zealand meatball is quite big and it has a massive following and we are lucky enough here in New Zealand that it is televised. Um every game you play, every um you know everything you do is recorded and um I've done a few interviews where the, where the presenters were asking me, do I realize I am taking a child who's lived here their whole life, I'm taking mm. their spot, I'm, I'm crushing their dreams and things like that. But I think um, they started to change after they realized that I wasn't here only for a year. You know, I, I think after they realized that this is a lifestyle change, this is, I'm, bringing my whole, I'm bringing my whole life here, And this is how I'm going to live for the rest of my life. I think after we've made that clear, people started to change their attitudes towards me.
0: Well, if you've just joined us, uh, we we are speaking to Irene Van Dijk, former Proteas netball captain uh, who played 72 times for South Africa before going over to New Zealand to go play 145 matches for New Zealand's silver fans. And we're catching up about uh, what she's up to now, um, how uh, does she look back at the time with the Proteas and uh, how are things in New Zealand and how does she look back at her career. So that was part one of our interview. And uh, the second part of our interview, then we... Uh, Getting into now her being in New Zealand And I started by asking her how the fans see her now After she's played 145 times for the nation Because you heard uh, before uh, that she actually said That uh, a lot of people were not happy I remember that controversy uh, That uh, when she represented New Zealand After just, I think it was in the same year After she'd moved to New Zealand And then she was able to represent New Zealand Um, It was was within the space of a year actually Because as she said, as we said That the rules at the time allowed you to play uh, for two countries Uh, but it did it it couldn't be in the same calendar year so now the new zealanders were not happy they said she's taking the spot of a young new zealand netball player but after 145 matches how do the fans see her now
1: yes they definitely do see me as a local now so this is our 20th year here and um yeah it's no 19 19 years so it is it's been, it's been incredible and I have had the most amazing career and I have had the most amazing opportunities here that, um, you know, you, you can only go on your knees and say thank you for giving me this opportunity because I've had the most blessed um, career.
0: You are, of course, the most capped international netball player with 217 caps, Irene. Is that a big deal to you?
1: Ah, oh, it is massive because I can't believe I've actually played that many games. That is a lot of games to play. Um, yes, and, you know, I've been very, very lucky that I haven't had any injuries throughout my netball career. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had the most amazing run without any injuries.
0: We spoke about your highlights with the SA team earlier on. You mentioned Birmingham. With New Zealand, you've won the World Champs. You've won the Commonwealth Games twice and uh, the Netball Series. Is, is there anyone that's sweeter over the 14 years? How do you look back at those titles and that career?
1: Um, I think one that stands out for me was is definitely the 2010 Commonwealth Games in Delhi.
0: Where you were um, the flag bearer.
1: I yes, I was the flag bearer for New Zealand, and you know to lead the cream of your country out onto the international um, track was just phenomenal. It was, you know, it is it showcased all around the world, and it was it was a pretty amazing feeling to to be the flag bearer and to be asked to be the flag bearer, and then another something that added to that was. We played the final against Australia, and after full time, it was a draw. So we went into overtime, and after overtime, it was a draw. So we went into double overtime, and it was a draw. So they said, "Well, you just play until whoever's two goals are." And we won that game, and it was—I think it was the longest game in history. It was like ninety-two minutes or something, but it was—I think that's what made it even more special.
0: And in the same year, there was a lot of talk that you scored thirty-two from thirty-two in the semi-finals. That was a hundred percent shooting record.
1: I know. Yes. No. I was just lucky that my that my mid court gave me the ball and my goal attack gave me the ball. So yeah, I was pretty
0: lucky. Are those also the same games, Irene, where you became the most kept player in New Zealand history? Oh,
1: I don't know if that was the game.
0: I think it could have been where you went over Leslie's 110 caps. Yeah. Or you got to 110 there. And maybe can you just give us an idea, how different are the structures in New Zealand compared to here in, in South Africa? Is the is there game, is the sport professional that side? So,
1: um, obviously, I haven't been or I'm not quite um, up to what is actually happening in South Africa if they've turned... Pro- Professional or semi-professional, or That's if they possible. still in complete amateur um, in, in in that environment. But um, for so for netball here in New Zealand, if you play for the Silver Ferns and you play for a franchise, you do get paid to um, play netball, and you get paid enough not to have to work, which is which is very very nice, and it just gives you the opportunity to train as many times as you need or you know, go to nutritionists or go to psychologists or, you know, these life coaches that that are here that works with the netball players. So we are very, very fortunate here in New Zealand that if you are contracted by a franchise or netball New Zealand that you have, um, you know, all those services to your availability. Um, other than that, um, so school netball is still amateur, um, club netball is still amateur, and... Um, It's it's literally if you start to play for your franchises, which is these five franchises in New Zealand. So if you play for one of them, then you um, are professional. Uh
0: And where does the financial injection come from then if they're able to focus on the netball? Is it TV?
1: Um, The majority of the money does come from TV. but then the so every franchise are um supposed to get their own sponsors, so they are actively going and looking for sponsorship, going to look for money so um they the franchises literally have to go and look for their own money so they can play, pay the players.
0: And as we wrap up, Irene, we've seen some interesting results recently. England beating Australia at the Commonwealth Games, uh, also New Zealand in the Quad Series. What would you attribute that to? Is, is, is the gap closing or are the other teams slowing down a bit?
1: Oh, I, it makes netball so exciting. It's not a two-horse race anymore. You know, we have England, we have obviously Australia and New Zealand. Then we have Jamaica, we have South Africa, we have Malawi, we have Uganda. Those are countries who are, I think they realize that New Zealand and Australia are not unbeatable. They are beatable. And I think that the, the little bit of courage that those countries have seen in the last year is just phenomenal. And for the sport, that is exactly what you need because you want people to be competitive. You want people to upset, um, you know, the, the, the number ones and twos in the world. And, and that, is, that is the only way we're going to get our sport to grow.
0: You, sp- you spoke about our team, how you impressed by their performances recently. Coach Norma Plummer is a big name in that side, I'm sure. Um, are you uh, w- what difference are you seeing that she's made? Are you seeing the difference that she's made since she came this side?
1: Oh, I think she is. She is doing a great job, and I think what Norma does really well is she instils that belief that they. If they play to the best of their ability, that they can upset any team, and I think that is that is the thing that was lacking in the South African girls. Is it's they they are they they've always had the skill, they've always had you know the heart, but it is that belief and the the fact that they they need to push through for sixty minutes. They they can't just play for forty five minutes. They need to push through for six for sixty minutes. And I think Norma is doing a great job at building their confidence, making sure that. You know, they know they can be the big gun.
0: And we're seeing some of our girls now going overseas, playing in 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 that UK league, playing in Australia. Also, uh, that must be good, also. And uh, is is that the direction where the game is going now? To be playing, to be able to play in these leagues overseas.
1: I think it is vital for those those girls to go and play in those other leagues because you know they pick up all the the training, the way things are supposed to work, um, the intensity that they're supposed to train at. They pick all those things up, and then they go back to South Africa and and teach the rest of their girls how things are done. So I think it is vital, and I think it is vital that they play in England, Australia, and New Zealand to to really just bring a blend of, you know, the top three countries. What are they doing different? How are they doing things? And for for those girls to pick, pick up on all those kind of things, and take it back to South Africa I think it is priceless.
0: And finally, Bianca, how is she is she playing a heard she was playing at some stage?
1: No, she um, <laughs> yes she is she, she was in San Diego and she studied and she rode there. So um, she finished in the middle of this year so she is back home at the moment. And um, yes, so she will start playing meatball again next year. She's quite excited about it.
0: Uh, That's great stuff. Send our regards to your family. Irene, thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. We really appreciate it. And we use this uh, feature on our show just to educate the young ones about our sporting heroes. And you are one of them, definitely. And we wanted to give you the respect that you deserve.
1: Oh, you are wonderful. This was a fantastic interview. I really appreciate it. And you asked some really good questions.
0: Thank you, Irene van Dijk, joining us all the way from New Zealand. Now we know what she is up to. What an incredible story! What an incredible uh, journey! I don't know if it can ever be done again that somebody can play for two different national teams and play so uh, many matches for the national team. As I've been mentioning all along, I think it's just incredible that she went on to play 72 games for the Proteas, and then she went on to play 145 games for new zealand so with 217 international caps she is the most Kept netball international player of all time, Irene van Dijk. And we're still claiming her. she's still one of ours. She was born in Ferienekeng anyway, even though she went on to play double the amount of matches for New Zealand. But uh, she's still one of our own former Proteus captain, Irene van Dijk. Great to be catching up with you. I don't know if you do remember Irene van Dijk. Unfortunately, you can't speak to her live because of the time difference. But do share with us what you do remember about her or what you think of her story. Our SMS number is 40938. Our studio line is 0891 104 207 and you can always send WhatsApp voice notes on 0614104 107 and it's hashtag SAFM Sport on on social media but up next we are going to look ahead to the big game in the English Premier League between West Ham and Tottenham that is the featured game on SABC uh, 3 tomorrow afternoon at 4 and we'll go all the way to London to get a preview with Ed Arons from the Guardian Sport and he will join us shortly.